Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everybody, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and I am one of your hosts. I am one half of your host team, one half. You are a nasally host, yeah, one half uh, of the host team. You're going to call bro. me out, man. Look I'm sorry, you. bro. Dude, we, we haven't even gotten going, and you're calling me out for being sick. Home dog. Man, I am so like you, medicated up right now. You are, yeah. You, you are not typical Josh. I know uh, Josh in certain contexts, and he is- yeah. You definitely got the one. T- you got the Mike Tyson, yeah, of uh, seasonal uh, sicknesses going on. Man, here. I had a fever, and then it got better. I got I a was fever, like, okay. and then I preach. I had to preach that Sunday, so I'm up there Sunday morning, like gripping that pulpit, man, because I'm like, Lord, just help me get through this, right? Yeah, and I'm dead, like I'm dying, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm just fatigued. That's what it is. I'm just fatigued because you know I had a f- like 102 fever for like two days, right? And then yesterday, I find out it's not fatigue. I get hit in the face with a head cold now. Yeah. Like, it was one, two. No break. (laughs) So now I'm, like, dealing with a head cold. And, and Jack, I'm not happy. I'm happy about it. I was about to say, you got a fever, and the only prescription for you is more cowbell. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And I don't have a cowbell, so I ain't getting better. Not feeling good, man. Oh, man. Yeah. So thank. Yeah. Thanks for calling calling me out on that. Sorry, bro. I'm, I'm Point just, blank. Some right people might have heard from your intro that you're not the the jovial Josh that That's we all right. know. Okay. I did. It was it was kind of straight to business. Yes, yes, you straight were, to business. Sir. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Sometimes, sometimes that's the way it is. You know, I just gotta. Most of the time, look, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, this podcast is enjoyable. It's yeah. fun. I love it. There is that point oh 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 one where mm-hmm. boys, let's buckle down, let's do it, <laughs> let's give the people what they have come to expect and deserve, and then let's hit the couch again with some Benadryl. Yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jack, how are you feeling? Uh, hey, 
I'm wheeling. You, I'm wheeling and dealing, baby. You look to you know me. You look pretty good, man. You got you got your business swag on. Mm-hmm. You got your hat looking. Your beard's all trimmed. You're looking. You're looking good. You're looking good. I. You know what? Something in my life that I'd never thought I'd do is sit inside a cigar lounge and offer somebody a job offer while smoking a cigar. <laughs> that's 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 boss level right there, my friend. Wow. <laughs> There's something about that. Uh, that little ambiance that uh, makes it a little bit more sweeter, I guess. Did they accept <laughs> it? You know, like we're trying to, we're trying. To, okay. Oh, okay. They, I think they we gotta, like tentatively. We, we, we don't gotta go. They into tentatively that. gave me a yes, but it's like basically they want to know yes. more and stuff like that. It's like okay, well, just give me a call right. back and right. give me a solid yes or no once you yeah. have that. So. Come on, come on, come on through. Yeah, come on through so, with it. That's right. Well, you're always wheeling and dealing, Jack. That's that's who you are. You Jack wheeling, dealing, Barry. I mean, I'm not going to go off of that nickname necessarily. I mean, but I mean, it's one, I've been it's in, in the one of your many and dealing modes. That's maybe. right. That's so. right, dude. You know what I'm looking forward to when I'm done with this is you and I just being able to hang out. Yeah, just hang out and Bro. chat in person, dude. It needs to happen. We have a those of you who follow us on the sociables know that we frequent cigar lounges and there is one cigar lounge in the tacoma area that we frequent sometimes that just got remodeled and man it is premium they have a new walk-in humidor that's just bananas no more of those cases throw them cases out we done with them it's walk-in status walk-in now but it's like one person walks in with the tobacconist and you don't touch oh, anything. Wow. It's very, oh, it's a very, very bougie, very strict, very strict level of uh, compliance right. there. Good, good to know. Good to know, yeah. dude. You got to keep that 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 quality level up there. Oh, you yeah. can't let a bunch of random plebs come in, get their grubby little <laughs> fingers all over those sticks. <laughs> That's true. They're gonna dude. come in, like look at them. They're gonna sniff them. They're gonna lick them. Like no, no, no. <laughs> Just tell them what you want and get out. Yep. Exactly. You ruin it for the, ruin it for the rest of us, right? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen, Jack. I need yeah. I need some I need some time to relax, dude. Because uh, I'm I'm sick of being sick. I'm tired of this. Yeah. But what we're gonna talk about today is an important topic. Yes. Um, and it's uh, it's not necessarily the most fun topic, but it is an important one and something that needs to be addressed every so often. Um, especially when we start to see maybe some individuals having some weird ideas of this topic. We're going to be talking about the topic of church discipline. Mm-hmm. Like I said, not a fun topic. Pretty heavy. Um, it's never enjoyable to go through that process, right? Yeah. So why don't I throw it over? You actually posed this as something that yeah. you thought would be a good topic to uh, talk about because of some things that you have been seeing. So I'm going to throw it over to you first. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll just kind of get into what church discipline is, why it's important, and uh, maybe some good and bad ways that we've seen it done. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that we're seeing right now um, is that in this like post-post-truth society that we live in the United States, I don't know about the world necessarily, but in the United States, in the Western um, regions of the world, I guess you could say, um, you're starting to see more and more people basically define what it means to be who needs to be disciplined in the church and who doesn't. And some of that gets carved up into sometimes 
certain uh, tribalisms and then also certain allegiances to maybe anything outside the church, like politically, economically, um, all different views. Um, basically, the biggest thing is that what I see is if you are <laughs> following your elders and following scripture and following the creeds and confessions that we confess to in the church, then I don't see you needing to be disciplined unless you're outright sinning. And we'll go into this even more, but um, there's a little bit, I would say there's, there's freedom in Christ and there's also needing to combat some things I would say in the church and make those things kind of known, but I think there's freedom to exercise liberty when you have the liberty to do so and to discipline somebody in the church because they take a certain stance necessarily that's not a point of salvation or sin. Then that's something that I think that brought up this, uh, this to me because we live in this kind of, if you don't do this exactly how we see it done, you are outside of the the will of God and the will of the church. And so that's what I've been seeing lately. And that's why I wanted to bring it up today and kind of, kind of hit it around a little bit. So, yeah. 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 No, no, that's, uh, uh, that's good. You know, church, church discipline is something that, like we said at the beginning, it's not a fun thing to talk about, but it's definitely necessary because church discipline is one of the essential pillars, if you will, of a new Testament church. Mm-hmm. Right. In order for a New Testament church to function correctly and function as a church should and as a church needs to biblically, church discipline needs to be part of that. Right. And it's Jack and I's conviction that to, in order to effectively administer church discipline in, in, in the best and most biblical way, you need elders. Yeah. Right. And you need a church membership. Mm-hmm. Right, because you're not just going to place random people in your church under church discipline unless they are part of your membership. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I know some churches try to do that, and it just it frankly doesn't work. Right? So you need a biblical eldership, you need a biblical men- membership, and that's when church discipline really has the most effect, and I think has the effect that biblically it's supposed to. Right? And mm-hmm. I think like you've started to describe, Jack, there are individuals that I think have an incorrect excuse me, an incorrect and an unbiblical view of what church discipline is supposed to be. Yeah. Right. There are those who have the mentality that, well, I'm going to slap church discipline on somebody if they disagree with me on anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you disagree with the elders on anything whatsoever, boom, church discipline on you until you repent or until you leave. Right. Uh, and we've seen that happen, right? Yeah. Especially at some churches out, out here. Right. Yep. Um, the, the whole Mars Hill debacle, they were, they were handing out church discipline like who freaking candy, man. Yeah. Right. Um, and for really bad reasons. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Unbiblical reasons. Yeah. Right. And it's 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 a very hurtful. It's very painful. Right. Um, and church discipline was used as a scare tactic and as a weapon mm-hmm. instead of what it's supposed to be used as is a tool for reconciliation. Yeah. And restoration right? as well too. And yeah. absolutely and restoration. Right. That that's what that's what church discipline. That's that's the point of it the point is not punishment yeah the point is reconciliation and restoration back to the church right Mm -hmm. and god has given us this this um this tool of church discipline in order to enact that through uh the 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 the, uh uh 
Oh man, I can't think of the word. Not the the conscientiousness, if you will, of uh, the other elders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So it's important that as we engage in the topic of church discipline, that we have that at the forefront of our minds, what it's for. Yeah. Right. And because if you have that, that this tool is for restoration, it's for reconciliation and restoration, repentance, reconciliation, restoration, right? That's what it's for. Uh If you have that at at the forefront of your mind, that's going to affect the way that you go about engaging in church discipline to someone in your flock. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's going to be less that hammer and that tool of punishment that we were talking about and more of a, hey, look, like we are admonished by scripture to keep the flock pure mm-hmm. as God's leaders of this church. Yeah. Right. You are coming against that in this specific way, whatever, you know, whatever that that looks like in the, the, the specific case. We are pleading with you to stop mm-hmm. because it's not only hurting our flock, it's hurting you as well, who are who is part of our flock. And we love you and we care about you. And it's because we love you and care about you that we care about you enough to call you out on this yeah. and to show you the effect that it's having uh, on you and the rest of your family here, right? And at the end of the day, Church leadership, the elders of the church, they are responsible for the protection of the flock, mm-hmm. and yeah. they got to take that job very, very seriously. And 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 I'll just say, as a point of personal uh, reflection on this, I think there's a lot of churches out there that don't take church discipline seriously enough. Yeah, right. You definitely have churches that take it too seriously uh-huh. for sure. Absolutely, right? like yeah. like we've been talking about. But I think they're. There is not enough of an emphasis placed on biblical church discipline in our in our church culture today as there should be, mm-hmm. because it's this big it's this big scary uh, boogeyman, right? That yeah. like ev- like if you if you engage in church discipline, that just means that you're the mean church and you don't care about unity, you don't care about the gospel, you just want your way, uh, or it's the highway, get on the bus or get run over by it, right? Yeah, and that's just not true. Mm-hmm. That's just not how it is. If yeah. if a church uh, engages in church discipline and actually has that as part of their structure, part of their polity, that actually encourages me because I see it not as a sign of a church that is that is tyrannical, but a church leadership that loves and cares about their flock. Yeah, absolutely. And they care about them enough to protect them. Mm-hmm. Right. So as we're talking about this, it's important to remember that that's what church discipline is for. Yeah. That's why it's important. That's why it's needed. Right. So I think we both Jack and I have seen it done well and seen it done very, very badly. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's important to not go outside of the scope of scripture when we think about church discipline, because it's often this very official thing. Right. Yeah. Um, And if we're going to look at scripture, if we're interacting with one another in a biblical way, we begin the church, we begin the process of church discipline all the time, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, we're going to go to Matthew <laughs> yeah. eighteen, right? I'll, go to Matthew I'll 18. hit you. I'll hit you with some more, uh, some more passages as well too from Titus and and the other epistles. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. So so let's start with Matthew eighteen, which is kind of the where we get the main process mm-hmm. of reconciliation and, and and church discipline within within uh, uh, the local church, right? Yeah. So Matthew 18, verses uh, starting in verse 15. 
says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Right? Boom. There's step one of church discipline. Yeah. Anytime we confront each other in sin, yep. anytime we come alongside each other and 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 uh, and and encourage one another uh, in this exhortation to turn away from a sin that they are committing, mm-hmm. we are engaging in the first step of church discipline. This is step one. Yeah, go to your brother on your own, right? And if he responds well, you've gained your brother. Fantastic. Move on. We don't speak of it again, mm-hmm. right? Verse 16, but if he does not listen, take two, uh, excuse me, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence, by the evidence of two or three witnesses, right? There's step two, all right? He didn't respond to just you. So we're going to bring some faithful brothers along yeah. with us and we're going to try this again. Yeah. All right. We're going to come, we're going to come to this the individual and be like, Hey, look, you're stepping out of line here and, mm-hmm. and here's where, right? And it's with open Bibles, right? And it's with, uh, again, the desire for reconciliation and restoration, right? Mm-hmm. If that goes well, awesome. Boom. You've, you've, you've succeeded. Step two handled it. Don't need to talk about it again, right? Verse 17, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Right. So here we have the process, the steps of church discipline that are that start on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if the situation is not rectified, it it escalates up the ladder, if you will. Yeah. Right. And then the church leadership gets involved. Church membership gets involved, which ultimately results if repentance is not if repentance doesn't happen. It results from them being excommunicated from the church, mm-hmm. right? Which again is a very big and scary thing, and it is. It's 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 a very serious thing. Yeah, but it is not done out of spite or anger or to be mean. That yeah. oh, you're just not a team player, so we're gonna you can't come here anymore. Yeah, I right? wouldn't I wouldn't say it's it's that lightly. No. I've I've known some some recent cases of some very reformed churches like Dutch reformed churches who have excommunicated people on the basis of some pretty uh, serious sin issues that have not been repented of. Uh, And the way that those pastors have handled it too is like, yeah, you know, we've had to excommunicate this person, but that door is always open as well too. So it's not a closed door like, um, that person is always going to have a scarlet uh, letter, you know, on them. Right. It's more right. like, right. hey, we've excommunicated for you. You know, we excommunicated you for a reason, but we are also leaving the door open for you for a reason as well, too. If you want, as to- long as repentance happens, yeah, that's the right? key. That's the key thing. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, those are the overall steps of excommun of church discipline. Excuse me, mm-hmm. um, and anyone who has. Anyone who has seen the process done correctly understands why it's necessary. Yeah. Right? And again, why we do not engage in church discipline uh, lightly. Why it's not something that we're just, like we said, like you get church discipline, you get church discipline. (laughs) We have a very, we we have a set understanding and rules of what should fall under that, right? Yeah. And it's always, obviously... Uh, anything that happens outside the realm of uh, of orthodoxy, mm-hmm. right, um, or that is causing damage to the flock, yeah, right? 
and and that it really is left up to the discretion and the wisdom of the elders. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a good elder team that's doing what they're supposed to, they are utilizing the word of God to make those decisions. Yeah, and I'll go back to like I said about in some of these epistles that it talks a little bit more in depth about what would yeah. be within the realm of maybe uh, starting this process of church discipline. Um, in Titus, in the epistle to Titus, uh, chapter three, verses nine through eleven, it says. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once, then twice, this is going back to even Matthew, Mm -hmm. have nothing to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. So you have, Mm. so you, you start to see like patterns within New Testament canon and the epistles about what that is. And then you also see in Titus again, too, as for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, having nothing more to do with him. And then you also see some pretty like actually like spot on instances. I think it is actually in Galatians. Um, it's not in Galatians, excuse me. It goes in even further to talk about like what some of these sins are. Like, what should we start to regard as something as like, okay, actually in 1 Corinthians in chapter 5, it says, but now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such one. So there's like some pretty serious stuff when it comes to people who have been known to, I would say, even be like the Pharisees, like to be hypocritical, um, to say that you're a Christian and then really kind of deny that in every aspect of your life, but just showing up to like the local church assembly on the Lord's day. I think that that's the biggest thing. And I would say that that's the most, I think that that is kind of the, um, unforgivable sin in my mind, at least of what I've done as far as the hermeneutics go, like to be a Pharisee and say one thing and then act as if Jesus is not Lord and he's not, God incarnate and that he can't do things acting that in a completely different way and then kind of living in the darkness I think that those two things juxtaposed are showing you what church discipline is really all about and it's about living in the light Mm. and are you doing that in the light or are you secretly going around and starting to like you know round up your own insurgency (laughs) in the church for whatever right. different reason. Like I said, you know, and it could be like controversies, like Titus says, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law, just weird stuff. And like I said, too, yeah. I think right now you're seeing that in the sense of like you're seeing people who want to have clear, distinct divisions in the church and they want to be divisive in the case of like you can worship over there and we can worship over here and then that will settle things like that's not the reason 
<laughs> like yeah. that is completely like not what the Lord wants for his church at all. And to start that kind of hyperbole and discussions along those lines, it's really difficult to see that sometimes within our culture. But also sometimes you have to get to the root of why they're doing that. And I think mm-hmm. to a certain degree, people are doing that because they are hurt and see the other person as like you are supporting these people thus we have to come along the side of righteousness and then in a post post truth society you have different categories of who's actually righteous and so it makes everything very confusing sometimes when it comes to to church discipline because really at the heart of church discipline is this person is not following what scripture is exhorting them to do at the Mm. heart of it. It's that if scripture is exhorting that person to be pure and they're going against that willfully and they're doing that in a way that's somewhat public and they're refusing to listen to their brothers. Yeah, that's not good. (laughs) Well, because, because what that's going to, what's that what that is going to foster in the local church is what what you were saying at the very beginning it's 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 going to be division yeah right which is ultimately one of the main things that church elders are on the lookout for mm-hmm. they're looking for things that are going to going to divide the body against itself yeah right and that can manifest itself in many different ways there are many things that if left unchecked and left unconfronted will cause division within the body right i mean yeah. heck we're we're post, you know, two years mm-hmm. of seeing division in the body. Oh, yeah. Big time. Right? Yeah. And people will allow anything yeah. to become larger than the unity that they're supposed to have in the gospel. Yeah. Right? And you have people's convictions and coming head to head with other people's convictions. There's no grace. Lots of division. And you have individuals acting a fool, right? I don't, and I don't care what side of the argument you're on. Yeah. There's people on both sides of this argument that are acting stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and we have seen what happens when a church is divided, and it's not pretty. People are hurt, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is something that the elders have to be have to be very wary of. And this is why church discipline is given to them as a tool to direct and discipline the sheep Mm -hmm. because often we as sheep need disciplined because we act in a fool. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And we need to, we need to understand that, that I, that if I'm going to call myself part of this body, right. And I'm going to call myself a, a member of this church, right. And I'm going to covenant with these people. I can't just do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like, like you can't just, you can't just walk around and make whatever decision that you want, say whatever you feel like and act however, however, you know, you deem best in the church. Yeah. Like, like well, you know, we don't have that right. <laughs> We're called to live in submission to one another, yeah. giving preference to one another. Yeah. Right. And that goes into everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we get that order mixed up and we start living for ourselves, we start seeing division. And that's when we might need a little tap on the shoulder by one of the elders being like, hey, let's grab coffee and talk. You know? Yeah. Those convos aren't fun. Yeah. But they need to happen. Yeah. And they're beneficial for you mm-hmm. and for the body at large, right? Because mm-hmm. the body is going to remain pure. It's going to remain unified. It's going to remain whole. 
and you are going to look more like Jesus at the end of that experience because that elder, if they're doing it correctly, and I think most elders do, they care about you. Yeah. And, and, and they care for your soul and they care that you are uh, living a life that looks like Jesus, right? And, and, and loves other people mm-hmm. like Jesus did. And their job as your elder is to help instruct and encourage you in that walk. And sometimes that requires us to get our wrists slapped a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because even church discipline can be enacted and kind of done in certain ways. And so I know within my local church, our local congregation has to charge that person. So the charges don't come from the elders. The elders can bring it up as as evidence. Um, but if a if church discipline needs to happen, it comes from the congregation, mm-hmm. and it says, yeah. "Hey, you know, as a a body of believers, this is what we want for you." And it comes from that angle versus I think sometimes it is completely left on the on the shoulders of pastors to to bring up the charges, to enact those charges, and then to sometimes even use discretion and possibly excommunication versus some churches use a a very congregational model to it to where, Hey, these charges are coming from the congregation. The congregation is going to examine them. And then on top of it, the congregation is going to say, Hey, what should we go forward in? Well, I mean that that's what we see in Matthew. It says, tell it to the church, Yeah, Yeah. right? The church is not just the elders. Mm -hmm. Right, the elders like they—they they are bringing this to the congregation, and this is why Jack. This is part of the reason why Jack and I are sixteen eighty nine Baptists is we believe in this polity. Yeah, right. Like this, this is the polity of of our confession, in that part of being a church member, part of your responsibility is that you are, you are, um, you are engaging in this process. Yeah, right. It's oh, obviously through the oversight of the elders, of course, but you have a responsibility. Yeah. And it's the church members ultimately that are saying, no, you are out of line, not just with scripture, mm-hmm. but our confession, our poly- our polity, yeah. what we deem to be right, and you are unrepentant. Yeah. And you have been confronted this many times, mm-hmm. and therefore you are no longer part of this part of this uh covenantal body. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and that's something that the entire church body does together. Yeah. Right. And it's not just the elders or the lead pastor up there saying, all right, they're gone. Right. <laughs> um, because yeah. nobody should have that power. Yeah. No. Right. Uh, Cause we've seen what happens when people have that oh, power. Oh yeah. And it doesn't go well. Yeah. Right. So this is why we are convinced of, of you know, reform baptistic polity mm-hmm. in, in regards to how we interact with these things is because there's a much accountability in it. Right. And it requires everyone to put skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just uh, as well, too, about some of the the modern day things of, well, if this person supports this person running for a certain office, they should be disciplined by the church. Well, show me how they have not confessed to uh, certain articles of scripture or have disavowed the faith in those certain ways. Like. There's a certain thing of of a difference between like a freedom of conscience and saying like, okay, in this situation, I'm going to vote for this person. I know that this is probably not the greatest thing, but here's what I'm going to do. 
I think that there's a very big difference versus a freedom of the conscience and them trying to do what's right in a scriptural sense too versus sure. this person's sure. guilty by association and thus they need to they need to burn <laughs> well yeah you, i mean so. you have to take each each situation individu- individualistically and this is where the wisdom and discernment of the elders comes in yeah right because if yeah. a person like let's let's use that that specific example which it is a little on the extreme, but could happen, yeah. right? It take this individual who votes a certain way, and people don't like it. They want them to be placed under church discipline. Well, I don't see them voting in and of itself a certain way as reason for church discipline. Yeah. But if it goes beyond that, yeah. and they start campaigning for things, yeah, or they start causing disunity in the body for some reason, yeah. then you start to have a problem, sure. right? And that's where every situation needs to be looked at individualistically mm-hmm. and you have elders make using the wisdom and discernment that God has given them to decide okay you know this thing in and of itself isn't a problem but if it starts to turn into this then we're going to have a conversation yeah right and that's just being vigilant yeah. that's just being a good shepherd right um obviously there are red flags here and there right that you keep your eye on um, and voting can be a type of flag that you keep an eye on. Doesn't automatically mean that church discipline is required, though. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't be trigger happy with church discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we said that before, but it, it definitely bears repeating. Um, church discipline is a very serious thing that, that we engage in very seriously for a very particular reason. Yeah. And for a very particular outcome. Um, and we should do so with great, great sobriety, uh, great seriousness, um, because of what it's saying. Um, and, uh, the, the reasons for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think too, just like, um, you know, in, in some of those scriptures that I was bringing up more towards the epistle side, of things it says brothers if anyone this is galatians 6 1 brothers if anyone is caught in any transgression you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted i think that's a very important thing that if if that person is caught that you're trying to restore that person in a spirit of gentleness yeah, not in course. harshness, not in those things, and then also keep watching yourself too. Like this is not outside of the realm of what you are capable to do in sinning. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I think that that's a huge thing. Is if you want to enact a version of church discipline that is that is going to bind consciences in a way that's not very biblical, um, well then you too are then subject to that. Like just be aware of that of what you're asking for. And so there's stuff like that that I really look at um, that's not in the in the biblical realm of church discipline that's really, really enacted well. But then I see it done very, I mean, like, it, like the scriptures have said, like they've tried to restore that certain person again and again, and it's just not happening. That person wants to start division. They want to... Um, not not take up the mantle of faith anymore and not mm-hmm. to carry on the legacy of faith in Christ's church but they think that somehow it's it's not worth their time or it's been corrupted or um, it's just no use anymore and so that's yeah. where I feel like the, the real church discipline has to come into play 
Not so yep. much the tertiary issues. It's the main stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, main yeah. It, things it's, that we're looking at here. <laughs> right, right, right. And tertiary issues can turn into main things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, so, and again, it's trusting in the wisdom of your elders and you as elders utilizing the word of God as your barometer for that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, again, there's, there's, it's a very large topic, lots more that can be said um, and probably should be said. But we're gonna we're gonna call it there. We're gonna call it right there because Big Eva has sung. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, yeah. <laughs> she's sung, and she's saying, "Josh, it's time for some more medication." <laughs> yes, sir. You know you want some of that. Good and before stuff. you get on the medication, sir. Yes, I have to let the people know. Yes, you do. Let them know. Let them know where they let can, them know where they can find us on the sociables, if you will. That's right. The Facebook, the Zuck site. It could be taken over by Elon Musk. He's on a warpath right now. Dude, he the just Twitter, got Twitter. The tweaker. Yeah. The little blue that bird. Muskrat, it, that muskrat over here wheeling and dealing, the, man. The T on Twitter is now going to be a Tesla T on that guy now. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yes, it is. And also, the Instagram goes well with marshmallow and chocolate. Could be also taken over by Elon Musk. Next 24, 48 hours. It doesn't matter, Good. folks. He has money to work with people. In oh, any yeah. case... You will still find us on all those platforms at the tag at the at Reformatory Pod, and Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they can support us, maybe a little bit more with uh, some five stars for five solas, sir. We would love that five star for five stola, mm. five sola action. Yes. I can't even talk. <laughs> yeah, we would love some of that. If you're on Apple, uh, we would appreciate you scrolling down, taking five seconds out of your day, giving us a little five star review on Apple iTunes. That would be fantastic. Leave us a little review, too, if you don't mind. We'd love yes. hearing from you guys. That'd be awesome. We've got a Patreon. If mm-hmm. you uh, appreciate Jack and I's attempt to increase the centrality of the local church in the life of the believer, you can partner with us through Patreon, and uh, you get uh, you get some cool perks along the way. And if you do so, your name shall be Hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. We're back on track. <laughs> and we're back on track, baby. There is no I lags in that right No there, lags, baby. baby. <laughs> uh, you can head on over to reformatorypod.com. We've got a local church merch there. You can get all swagged up, mm-hmm. support the podcast, and rep your local church. Uh, it's a win-win for everybody. We appreciate all you guys. We appreciate all the follows, all the listens. We love every single one of you. We appreciate just uh, all the support that you show Jack and I on this podcast. We love doing it, even when we're sick. Yes. 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 Hopefully next time I won't be sick Mm -hmm. and we'll actually get back to having a good time. Absolutely. That's right. We thank you all for listening and we'll catch you on the next step of the Reformatory.